you know, I feel a lot more comfortable holding a mic anyway. Oh, I feel like, yeah, I'd, otherwise I'd be crimpling this paper as I already have. Right, sacred. When, when I looked um, up the word, I put in Google and I put it in the images. And uh, there was things like you had, yeah, it came up with uh, the sacred heart, the image of the sacred heart that you might have, have heard of. Um, not important if you haven't, you can Google it. Um, you, you might also come up with images of like sunlight um, and just thing, different kind of things that, that, um, that kind of, it's about being um, connected with God. So um, the definition, Colin, is something dedicated to God or something that is made or declared or believed to be holy. Now, the, the, this is where it gets complicated because I thought that second one, all right, then, so what does it mean to be holy? And you go on to the holy bit and it says, to be sacred. <laughs> and, and it's just like, well, that doesn't help. That really doesn't help. There's something, something that's sacred is holy and something that's holy is sacred. It just, so basically, um, I eventually worked it out, well, um, try to try to work it out that it is actually as it says something that is dedicated to God something is sacred is something that is given that is offered to God and is also um maybe used to help people to offer things to God so sometimes they have like the sacred heart um is, is a catholic symbol um and um, it is used as a representation that, that we don't worship the symbol. It's used to represent the um, sacred heart of God, how much he loves us. Can we have the next slide? Thank you. So what can be sacred? What kind of things? Um, we've said sacred object uh, from Indiana Jones. I love that you brought that one up. Um, that's why I love working with young people. They always bring up brilliant answers. So what, what for you, um, well, what do you think can be sacred? Now, we're going to have our Bible readings now. And our first Bible reading is actually going to be from um, uh, the iPod. And then we're going to have um, Rona and David are going to bring us our New Testament readings. So it's going to be, um, it's not going to be up on the screen. This is from Genesis 1, the whole of Genesis 1. It is the NIV version, um, but it is American. But it doesn't matter because we're not reading it out. I hate, oh, it annoys me reading out American versions of Saviour. It just, it's something that I get frustrated with. Um, but you can't hear it when they're speaking. So if we have... Our first Bible reading from Genesis 1. The Book of Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, 
and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, Let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. And it was so. God called the vault sky. And there was evening, and there was morning, the second day. And God said, Let the water under the sky be gathered to one place, and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land, and the gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them serve as signs to mark seasons and days and years. And let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights. The greater light to govern the day, and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth yes. day. Good. And God said, Let the water teem with living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth, across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea, and every living and moving thing with which the water teems, according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number, and fill the water in the seas, and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, Let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creatures that move along the ground, and wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. 
So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh. Thank you. Can we have our two um, readers, please, Rona and David? I'm reading from 1 Timothy, chapter 4, from verse 1 through to verse 10, and it's Peter's vision. About noon the following day, Did I not say that? Sorry. One, two minutes. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and he wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheep being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles of the earth, and even birds of the air. And then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. Amen. Just waiting to see what goes on. Hey, that's well. Okay. Instructions to Timothy. The Spirit clearly says that in later times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. 
They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods, which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. For everything God created is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, because it is consecrated by the word of God and prayer. If you point these things out to the brothers, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, brought up in the truths of the faith and of good teaching that you have followed. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness like has value for all things, holding promise for both present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance, and for this we labor and strive. That we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, and especially of those who believe. Now, I've got three Bible verses there that are all, you're probably thinking, they're all pretty long. Um, I, um, I struggle um, often when um, people come up and they uh, use one verse. And then, and then I go to read it. Um, and they go and teach on this one verse. And then I go and read the verse. And I, and, and I read around the verse and I go, how on earth have they changed, um, changed, um, you can, if you take a verse out of context, you can almost make it say anything. So I believe that, that when, when we use scripture, I don't just want to give you one verse. I want it so that you can then go and look it up um, and say, right, okay, that does, what you've said does fit, not just with that verse, but also with, with everything around it. Okay, so the point, those three, I've forgotten my things, those three um, Bible verses, the main points that I want to take out of them are from the Genesis one. Oh, did you like that one, by the way? Did you like that one? Nod? No? Yes? Okay. You're not as responsive as the evening at all. Sorry. <laughs> Um, I love that one because I love the sounds and everything else. Um, and you might have recognized the voices. Um, some of them are, are famous actors. I can't quite remember who they are. Pardon? It, I think it was Morgan Freeman. Um, that It came from... We bought this while we were in America because we just loved it. It comes from this and it's the whole Bible... Um, in the NIV, um, which is quite um, unusual in America because it's usually the King James, but this is NIV, so it's a lot easier to, for me to understand anyway. And this one has, yeah, it has really famous people in it. Um, it also has uh, Forrest Whitaker playing in it, um, and Morgan Freeman is in it. And uh, the other one is Samuel L. Jackson does the voice of God in the New Testament. Um, and it's quite, it's quite powerful when you hear famous voices. Suddenly, it just takes on a whole different twist. And because you're used to hearing them um, um, in a different context, you're like, this, this is strange. You know, this, and uh, it's a very nice lilting voice. I, f I always feel like it can just 
sit down, calm down, and just really just just be absorbed into the whole into the whole word of God. Um, so the verse um, that I that, that I wanted to use was almost at the very very end, but I think it's important to use the rest of it because it keeps coming up about the earth. Uh, being created by God, and God looked at it and said that it was good. And then when he created man, he actually said, that's man and woman, man, mankind, he actually said it was very good. Now, when I look around the earth, I just think, you were looking at something entirely different. Um, You might also think that, you're thinking, God, how, how can you see that as being very good? But that's it. God sees the world as very good still now even after the fall we are still have been created very good in his sight the next verse was from um, peter this is peter's vision and he saw um, the animals coming down and um, he says um, do not call anything impure so uh, impure you can often say and change that to to Um, not good don't call anything not good that God has made clean good everything that God has made is good oh sorry that comes in the next bit because this is Timothy's one everything God created is good don't call anything that God created impure or not good because um, I'm going to look at my notes God is the creator, he's the ultimate creator, and he created us, mankind, in his image to be creative. Our creativity comes from God. And if you think, if you look at creativity, you might think of um, musicians, artists, that kind of thing. I want to tell you, that's not the whole story we are creative in every single person here is creative in some way it might just be um alan with his uh, hairstyles very creative aren't they alan yes he wants to go into to become a hairdresser don't you alan no i thought that's what you're training for oh. but his hairstyles are very creative. The way that we think and look at the world is very different. We have all been created um, in the image of God and all have creativity. I'm not sure whether to, to mention this bit, but I think it is important. The devil cannot create anything. The devil cannot create anything. The devil can only twist what God has created. Okay? I want to show, well, some examples of this. Um, What can be sacred? Some examples. That film clip um, that I used from Tokyo Drift is sacred. Now, you're probably going... Hold on. No. That film clip is sacred because it has been used 
to um, explain more about God. It has been dedicated to God for the purpose of his teaching. The voices on that clip, they're famous people um, who not most of them, quite a lot of them on there, they're famous, but they're not Christian. But their voices have become sacred because of how they have been used and how that now that material is now being used. I'm not saying that their voice is always sacred. You know, for example, not every film, um, not every film that, that Denzel Washington or Forrest Whitaker or anything that he says or does is sacred. I am saying that his voice, when he used it for that, has now become that for, for the Bible has now become sacred because it has been dedicated to God. And everything that God created is good and can be used for the glory of God. What's my next point? So why does it matter? That was it. Why does it matter? Does it make a difference if you think of some things as being sacred and some things as being not sacred and what about what I mean by sacred they often say you know we often say secular now if you look at your life would you say do you think of some things as being sacred the parts of your life are they they dedicated to God parts of your life are they secular parts of your world are they secular they're not dedicated to God or is all your life dedicated to God is every every part of everywhere you go dedicated to God. If we divide our lives into the sacred and the secular, we limit where God can work because we then say that God can only work in sacred places or, or sorry, God can work in sacred places, but we limit it and we say that God can't work in secular places. What I'm saying is that God can change if we dedicate something to God our secular things become sacred yes okay so we say that if some of our life is sacred dedicated to God and some of our life is secular well when we sing we give our all to God and then, and then we go and use this sacred secular divide, we're not actually giving all our lives to God. We're not giving everything we have to God. If we see some things as secular, we don't give over the glory to God in everything that we do. Okay, and you, you're now probably thinking, well, how can I make everything sacred? Now, I can't give you exactly... Ex- the examples that you're probably thinking of, you're probably thinking of how how do I make walking somewhere sacred or how do I make, you know, it's about how you live your life. It's about how you make everything, um, you're listening to God. It might be that as you walk to work or you go go to to do the school run or things, it might be that you need to open up and say, just say to God, right, I am dedicating this time to you. If you have anything that you want me to say 
or do, then I am open to it. God might not say, tell you to go and do something or say something, but it doesn't mean that because God hasn't told you to do something that it's not sacred because you have dedicated that time and that part of your life to God. So, what difference does it make? Yep, we limit what God can do. We box him in. When we say he can only work in sacred places, and if we think of sacred places as church, as prayer meetings, as uh, fellowship groups, then we're saying that God can't work anywhere else. And that's, that's unfair. God created this world. Everything in it, everything and everyone in it is for the glory of God and can be sacred. The real question, and this is the last bit, next slide. The real question then is if we're saying everything is sacred, well, everything that we dedicate to God is sacred, then we look at what that now is secular. Well, it becomes hard to actually answer that then. If you really look at, really delve into what is sacred, secular, you think, well, there there really isn't very much that is secular. It is all sacred. And I haven't got an order of service. Is it you next? Yes. Yes. How many times have you thanked somebody for letting you in in traffic? Hmm. They can't hear you, but you thank them and it makes you feel good. Yeah. I well, thank everybody. I must be going mad. Yeah. Also, maybe during this, this time of worship, there might be something that, that you think, actually, um, I have, put, I have compartmental, compartmentalized my life in that I have said some things in my life are sacred, dedicated to God, and some things, well, God doesn't need to know about that. God knows. It doesn't matter whether you call it secular or not. God knows exactly what you don't want him to know. Right? Um, so I want to give, this during this time of worship, if there is anything in your life that you think, well, I've put that into the secular bit, that isn't, I'm, I'm not dedicating that to God. Why? Think about during the worship, what parts of your life have you not made sacred? What parts of, of, your, of your personality, of your lives, of the daily things that you do, have you not dedicated to God? And maybe this is the time to say, God, I want you to have the glory from everything, every part of my life. And don't think that it's not worthy of him. It is if we dedicate everything that we have to him. It is worthy.